0: ambitious professionals for episode two of the grad convo podcast we interview or i interview Azola Fuchani, a budding legal professional and one of the key takeaways of this particular interview is the power of intention get ready to be schooled get ready to be inspired and informed let's get going Good morning, ambitious professionals. For today's episode, episode two, we actually have, wow, an old friend <laughs> who goes way back, Azola um, Fuchane, and um, you know, it's he's going to be yeah way back, very, very way back. Like, great, great one. <laughs> it was a great one. Back
1: when life was simpler, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Back when life was simpler. And, you know, he's joining us. We're going to having you know, very impactful conversations and, you know, talking about, you know, what he does um, in terms of law and stuff. So I really hope from this conversation you're able to gain some, you know, great insight in terms of law and be inspired, you know, by his career story. So Azola, so before we begin, um, I really Mm -hmm. want to read your tagline. Um, I absolutely love it because it just literally speaks to, you know, You know, not just you as a professional, but hopefully where you see yourself going as your career journey. So you say you're a budding legal professional with a keen interest in commerce, intellectual property, and finding long-term solutions to difficult problems. Do you mind elaborating on that for us?
1: Um, Okay, well, shall I elaborate on the first two? Because uh, just by describing myself, um, Mm -hmm. so I'm a, a corporate and commercial lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, with with experience in intellectual property. Um, I did my master's in intellectual property law uh, when I studied in Cape Town. And so that has factored into my career um, because at the firm where I work, we obviously have multiple departments, two of those mm-hmm. departments being corporate and commercial being one, intellectual property being the other. And so I do work for both. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's where my interests are and that's where my growing experience is i say growing Mm. experience because you know we're not experienced yet we're still there we're still getting yeah
0: we're getting there oh so intellectual property let me just understand this so for example um you deal with clients who would for example is it like almost trademarking type of thing
1: when people think ip they think trademarks and Uh, what is it Uh. So that's where we receive a lot of our, our clients. It's not just trademarks; it's much more than that. But in mm. real life, that's where a lot of people come to us um, because they have a business, they have a brand, they've built goodwill, which obviously has monetary value, and they want mm. to protect that. They don't want Azola coming along and stealing their Nike brand and selling his cheap knockoffs. You know, yeah. so <laughs> what they do is they, what they do is they come to us in order to um, register their trademarks. So that it's protected in terms of the Trademarks Act, so that if anyone obviously copies your trademark, Mm. you can send them to court, get them to stop or however you want to handle it. Um, But we also do much more than that. Um, We do copyright advice. So now copyrights are different in the sense of how do I describe it? Mm. Imagine it like if you were to write a book. Right. Yeah. So you're an author. Um, you have copyright in what you have written, not the idea, but the the story that you have written, the characters you have yeah. created. Yeah. Do you wanna? wanna oh,
0: I, I want to. I want to jump in it's because it's now now it's I'm, it's actually, I'm, I'm actually getting a free consultation. <laughs> so I'm actually working on an online course, and um, I'm about to launch that this month. And I heard um, one of my graphic designer told me. To what about copyright? Because I usually see on some of you know um, when you've got like a document that you've opened and stuff, or you've downloaded from a handbook that you've created, it says something about copyright. Dun 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 dun! At the reserved something something something. Now, is that something you need to do? How do you protect your your property, your intellectual property? How do you go about that?
1: That's a very broad question. I'll tell yeah. you why. Because intellectual property covers at least nine categories. Um, Mm. So you'll have copyright, you'll have trademarks, you'll have plant breeder rights, you'll have patents, Mm. and so on and so on. So to answer your specific question, I'll just focus Mm. on copyright and trademarks because I think those those are the most common ones. Mm. So let me start with copyright. Copyright, you don't have to register it. Um, You don't have to go anywhere and fill out a form and say, I've written this book, therefore I I have copyright. In fact, even that little logo that says you know, that C that people see and then they think, oh, this means it's protected by copyright. That C doesn't actually do anything. All it does oh. is tell people. It doesn't have any kind of legal strength. Okay. Um, in order to have your copyright work protected mm. um, as your own, it simply has to be a creation of yours so that you have written down on yes. a medium. Um, so in other words, you are the author of it. Let's assume mm. you don't have a partner. You're the author of it. You've created it. It's written down and it's original. Now there's legal debates about what constitutes original, but let's just keep it at original. And yeah, so the simplest example is where you've written your book. You sat down by yourself. You made up your J.K. Rowling. You made up Harry Potter. You wrote the whole book. You don't have to go to some registrar to say, I have copyright in this work, right? Mm. And then certain rights attached to that. Now, if I go a little bit further... Um, it can get a bit, not complicated, but different if, let's, for example, say you wanted a drawing, right? Mm. Let's say you want to create an artistic work, but you you don't do it. You commission another person to do it for you. Yeah. So now, as you can imagine, you didn't create it, so you aren't the author of it. But you might ask me, Azola, I still, like once this person has done this for me, I still want to be the owner. It's it's mine. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So do then, I need to
0: go to a lawyer for that? Like, to, like to, how do I protect? Yeah so, so,
1: so, yeah, so that's where you'd need legal advice because they need to ask you questions like, um, what would well, first want to see your agreement with this person? Do you even have an agreement with them? Okay. Uh, and there's also exceptions. I think it's actually Section 21 of the Copyright Act. There are, yeah, there's mm. um, exceptions where if you get a third party to create something for you in certain instances, you automatically still have the ownership of those mm. copyright rights. So it's varied, it's broad, it's interesting. I like copyright, um, but that's literally just one category of intellectual property. And then I'm, learning. Is... <laughs>
0: I'm learning. I'm <laughs> learning. We, we're going to have an offline conversation because yeah. I need to make sure that I'm protected. Okay, that's and at least it. I know a
1: lawyer now. Okay, so this you have to. You have to. <laughs> um, and then trademarks um, are the ones people are more familiar with. Yeah. Um, you can imagine your McDonald's branding. Um, you would go to the trademarks registrar and register your trademark. Um, you do that by doing a trademark application. You fill out some forms. They then look at your, let's say you just want to trademark, uh, I don't know, I don't know, interviews. I'm um, right? trademarking, yeah. Um, yeah, all of
0: that. yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's,
1: <laughs> let's yeah. Let's say you wanted to call it OM interviews. Let's say that.
0: Yes. You would
1: yes. then apply the registrar would look at your application. He would or she would um, determine if it's confusingly similar to any other trademark that already exists before you. Because obviously, if I already trademarked that, that's why you also got to be quick with it. You know what I'm saying?
0: Oh man,
1: um, you got to be quick with it. Um, and then they'll tell you, like, no, you, this is good. It's not. It's not confusingly similar to anything that already exists. We grant your application, I think they usually but they also advertise it, so they don't just look they advertise your application so that other people can see mm-hmm. um, and be like, "No wait, I have you know and then I can raise my voice and say, "No wait, I have that trademark." If no one disputes your application for three months um in the normal course, your application goes through, you get a registered trademark, and yeah. So you obviously get different types of trademarks, different classes. I think they're like forty-two different classes. It's all—I don't think it's convoluted, but it's—you need to sit down and really talk with your lawyer about, like, okay, what yeah. does this mean? But that's the gist of it. And that's—and copyright and trademark are the two things that pe- most people are interested in. Yeah. Um, the last one being patents. People are also interested in that. We've invented something. Like if you invented the car, you'd want to patent over that, you know. Um, and just I'll be very quick, just the quid pro quo there is just that is just to say that I've invented this thing, nobody else knows how to do it, right? Mm. So what so the deal I'm making is I will publicize how this invention works, however, I will have twenty years exclusive right to it. You know what I'm saying?
0: Is it? Oh, is there a time frame to it? It's not like yours forever until you die.
1: That can't be. I mean, that would be unfair. That would just create a monopoly. Mm,
0: Okay, wow. Interesting. I'm learning here, hey? So that's like the gist of what you do on a day-to-day basis. Um,
1: On On the intellectual property side, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people have this certain perception when it comes to a lawyer. Like you think... Um, a person who just goes and fights in courts. And you've literally, you know, uncovered a different side to law that perhaps maybe, you know, even myself, I wasn't really privy to in terms of it's so dynamic and there's so many divisions within law that one can actually specialize in. Um, So, you know, before we just go deep, you know, just share with us who is Azola. Give us a Brief background of your, you know, background in terms of your, maybe a bit of personal, but also your career um, story in terms of where it all started. And how did you know that you wanted to go into the space? Maybe we can go in grade seven when you were debating in front of us. (laughs) You were killing everyone on the floor. I
1: was, I was, no, I only, um, I mean, as you know, I come from a Mm. very small farm town where nothing happens. Uh, I, I, Zola, I, I feel it is a farm town. <laughs> what is it? What is it? What is it? What Zola, is there's it? not
0: even one robot there.
1: <laughs> there's no robot. That That's the perfect place to do your driver's license. Uh, definitely. Uh, tiny town called Kumha. And then from there, I started in East London. So at this stage, I'm just skipping over this because I hadn't decided what I wanted to be at this stage. Yeah. Um, I think when I was young, I wanted to be a professional football player, even though I can't even play it, you know. So... I think it was in high school Around grade nine You know when you have to Choose your subjects Yes Where I really had to start Thinking about what I want to do Um, And I've always liked writing Right So then I thought What career um, Is going to still allow me To to do You know Writers Like You know They they struggle financially So I wasn't going to Try to be an author You know what I'm saying um, so, I had to find a combination of something where I can kind of live out my passion, but also something um, sustainable, right? So, then for me, uh, law for me was like the perfect crossroad.
0: Because
1: it involved writing. Obviously, it wasn't the type of writing that uh, yeah. 15-year-old me, 14-year-old me wanted to do, which was to be like an author. But at the same time, I was still in that space. Um, and then it, once again, I said, as I said, it was um, financially sustainable, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, we've got to do well in life, you know what I'm it's saying? Our, trying, parents, our parents will our parents tell parents us that. Yeah. Mm,
0: they'll yeah. tell us, especially um, because both of our parents are in education. So, you know, they always want us to be better and, you know, to do even, you know, better than what they did. And so for them, education is everything. But for me, Azola, I I would have known that you would have been a lawyer um, from primary because you've always been a good speaker, Um, especially when you came to Hey, I don't remember the competitions you used to enter. We had that competition. You should have
1: told me, girl, I could have (laughs) known my career back then.
0: But to me, that doesn't come as a surprise because you've always been a person who speaks, you know, and felt comfortable on stage. At least that's what it appeared to be. Um, I mean, we had boy and all of that. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah a lot of speaking.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yo, you forgot about that. I that. Yeah,
1: those things aren't important. Um, mm. But what is important uh, mm. going forward is so, a lot of questions now that uh, young people who are still in high school may ask is what subject should I study? Yes. To- Yes, 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 and I struggle to answer that because I don't think there's a specific subject you need to study. No? I mm. think that if you are competent in your languages, mm. then um, you you're good. So obviously you need to do well in school, just in general, so that they can see that you've got like let's say analytical capabilities. But it's not like let's say a commerce degree where they would say, did you do accounting? Type okay, of thing, right. It's not like that, but I would, and and everyone has to do English. So, you know what I'm saying? You're not, so I think you're fine on whatever subjects you choose. Um, I could be wrong. I don't, I really don't know what subjects they look into. I just can't imagine I can't think of a specific subject that will say that will tell them this person is doing a law subject. They, they don't offer that in high school. You know Are saying?
0: they more flexible with um, university entrance, like when they, they've got the minimum requirements for university? Are they more flexible to say, you know, do you need a maths, for example? Do you need, Or can you do maths lit um, for you to get into you an open? you do opener?
1: maths lit? Um, is it? I just think you need to do well. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not a mathematics course, you know, or a mathematics degree. Um, With that said, if you want to be a a corporate lawyer or a tax lawyer, you'll be doing yourself massive favors if you do accounting or Mm. better yet, if you do BCom law. Um, So it also depends what type of lawyer you want to be, which speaks to that thing you said earlier, which is there's so many different kinds of lawyers um, that you can. be. But if you know in your heart that I want to work at a corporate firm one day, um, I would recommend an accounting or commerce background. I really would. Um, but saying that I don't have a commerce background, mm. um, you know what I mean? So I just went, did my LLB, did my LLM, um, and then went to a corporate trip. Uh, and so all my corporate experience is from work. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. just academic theory. Yeah. So that's why I say there's different parts to this thing.
0: Awesome. And then for example, um, you went to university and, um, from university, um, you sort of like prepped yourself for the workspace have okay, been doing some research as well. I saw you were doing vacation. Uh, what is it called? Um
1: vaca- it you, vac work. You,
0: yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Of course yeah, I did. Okay, okay. You did some vac
0: okay. work. Um, you, you know, honest, you were very yes. active on campus, I will community service, So you know. Um, how I'm did you do- that? Uh, yeah. come on, yeah. no, 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 no. You know, how did you know that um because I think a lot of students they just focus on the academics and They don't get into university and go like, oh, I need to be active on campus. I need to be part of this leadership team. I need to do VAC work and gain some experience and stuff like that. What is the driver that tells you, okay, um, this is what I need to do when I get into university? What inspires you to do that? What makes you think like that? Because I think it's got to do with the way you think as well as your ambitions and your motives and your motivations and stuff. So where does that come from?
1: So my thinking when it comes to that is always that by the time you get to university, everyone in your class is kind of as competent as each other, right? Mm. You'll get those special kids who like get really great academics, but for the most part, we're all the same. And then you need to ask yourself, what am I going to do to stand out? Right. Because Mm. when these firms and I think it goes across any career, when they receive your job application, first things first, they're going to look at your academics. Cool. Let's say you tick all the boxes. The next thing they're going to say is, okay, who are we hiring? Because a job is not just um, does this person know the theory. It's what type of personality are we taking in? So, I mean, I've done quite a few job interviews in my time. And what I've noticed is by the time, it, if if they call you for the job interview, they don't really care about your academics anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just from my personal experience, um, and I do have friends who have said, you know, they asked me legal questions in the job interview, right? But from my experience, what they're looking for is also, who are you? What do you do? Like, what else is there to you? Are you just a robot that sits with their textbooks and then you sleep and then you wake up and you sit with your textbooks? Mm. Because people don't want to hire that person. Unless like, you've got 100% averages all around. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah, an Einstein. Mm. (laughs) yeah exactly Mm. so then that's where it helps when you're active obviously in university the older you get I mean they're not going to be looking at your high school activities when you're 22 23 they want to know what the most recent significant things you did were right and so if you went through your four or five years or three um, years at university doing nothing else but school, I think you might find yourself in trouble because that tells us nothing about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was that type of thinking that um, got me to participate in things like um, moot courts, um, which are basically fake, fake legal cases um, that you can do during university. And uh, my second reason, I just wanted to improve. I wanted to improve my legal writing and I wanted to see if I was any good at legal arguments. Um, so I did participate in, for example, the All-Africa Mood Court, which was in Zambia at the time, I think. And we did pretty mm-hmm. well. I think I think we came, I had a partner and I think her and I came forth in terms of heads of arguments, which are your written legal argument. I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah. But um, we, we, we did really well and we we're really proud of ourselves and I felt like I'd learned a lot. So things like that help. And then when you put that yeah. in your job, in your CV, it tells them that, oh, okay. This person can litigate. You know, I'm talking about from the perspective of the mm. lawyer now. Oh, this person can litigate. Um, but also another thing it tells them is, oh, okay, this person is interested in not just, you know, doing the necessary. They do more yeah. than that. They have a bit of personality, they have a bit of ambition, a bit of drive. And I think that's important. Where
0: does that come from? Because you, you come across as someone who strives for excellence whatever you want to do. You. you want to be the best in that. Thank you. Thing. I, I mean, head boy, come on. <laughs> First in class. I was always behind you as well. I could never... Beats you OK.
1: <laughs> that was such a long time ago. That was a different time. It doesn't even
0: come. but it's something smaller like that in grade seven or whatever. you know as young as you were, you always wanted to be the best in what you do. So where did that drive come from? Have you always been like that? Do you always know that you in whatever you want to do, you want to be the best and you've had high ambitions for yourself?
1: I think things like that do come down to your personality. Mm. Um, Yeah, I don't think you can teach everything and certain things, some people, you know, which is also totally fine. Some people are happy with the bare minimum and that's totally cool. And then others are like, spend their time super hungry and that's totally cool. Mm -hmm. As long as it's not destructive to your life, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think so. I I think that's a personality thing. I don't think you can...
0: You're born with it. So you were always like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just that's my personal opinion. (laughs) And I'm happy to be corrected,
0: but I just want to think no awesome I mean that's great I think and um, there's a saying with Steve Harvey says that you know God gives you a certain thought or a dream and so it's not, it's not everyone who has that vision um, for their lives so I think it's great that you knew from a young age and you were given you know those ambitions um, because yeah most definitely that has placed you to where you are today mm-hmm. The Grad Convo Podcast continues after the break. So I just want to just check um, with you because I, I have a hard time understanding. So there's a candidate associate, if I'm not mistaken, with a candidate, a candidate's attorney, and then there's an associate. What's the difference between the two?
1: All right. So... Before I answer that, let me start with a, a more general distinction that we have in South Africa, eh? mm. which is that there are attorneys and then there are okay. advocates. Those are the two types of lawyers you get, right? Well, I mean, just broadly speaking. Um, yeah. So advocates are the guys who argue in the court. Yeah. So when you imagine someone, a lawyer, when you imagine a lawyer is someone who argues in court, you're actually talking about an advocate, right? Okay. Um Once again, I'm speaking in general terms because there are some exceptions. Um, I do know that they're trying to get attorneys also rights to argue in the high court in certain circumstances, but let's leave that. Mm. What the basics is that advocates argue in court and attorneys deal with clients. Like you as a client will come to Azola as an attorney, tell me your problem. I will try and advise you. If, however, your problem is one that requires us to go to court. Court is always the last okay, resort.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, the last resort. We're not trying to go to court. Yeah. It's too expensive. It's too expensive. Um, so when we go to court, you must know that really there was no other way. No way. Yeah. Right. And in that circumstance, we brief an advocate. And so the attorney talks to the advocate about your issue. So the client does not go directly to the advocate, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the distinction is that attorneys work with the client, advocates argue in court. Let's just keep it at that. Now, okay. I'm an attorney, right? Or well, at least I'm trying mm-hmm. to be an attorney. Mm-hmm. Here's, the path. Here's the path of an attorney, right? You start out as a candidate attorney, right? That's um, a
0: graduate, right?
1: That's an intern, basically.
0: An intern. Can you share with me, before we proceed to the other sections of, you know, being law, how was that experience for you leaving university and going to the workspace for the first time?
1: Okay. So, I mean, I had done vacation work, as we kind of briefly touched on before. I did vacation work when I was in second year, I think, Mm. which is another important thing. If I can just backtrack is that doing vacation work early on is so important if you want to be taken by these law firms, especially the bigger ones. Because yeah. what you find is that if you only try to do that in your final year, they've already accepted people from from two years ago. You know what I mean? They start looking at second You build those
0: relationships in those vacation um, the, during the VAC work with some of these companies? Do you think so?
1: Well, beyond building a relationship, they send yeah. you your offer letter. What? And you. without you applying no no no, with you applying but like once you've done back work back work is basically an interview for being a candidate attorney you know what I mean
0: is it okay
1: so if you're wasting time and, and living your life in second year third year and then in final year you want to apply for jobs guess what your friends who went on VAC in second year are two years ahead of you. They already have signed the contract. You know what I mean? What? So
0: it's possible for you to sign the contract during the VAC if they loved you and they want
1: you to yeah, sign they loved you. So it's
0: possible for you to be offered a job second year of university.
1: Second- I knew where I was going like from the beginning of my third year. Like I knew where I was going. You know
0: wow. what I mean? So also, that, that, that assurance... It's very nice. Was that job so you didn't have to worry too much in terms of job searching or looking for a job, or being unemployed because you've already put in the work, um, you know, Uh, uh, putting in you know going to vac work and building those relationships, and you've already received the contract.
1: Thank you. Uh, uh, Yeah, I've I've never known what it means to look for work, you know, which is very, very nice. You know, that's Mm -hmm. why I can't stress enough. And obviously not all firms work like that,
0: mm. but
1: I can't stress enough, put yourself out there in mm. second year, in third year. And I'm talking yeah. about not only really for law students. I have friends in engineering and whatnot, and they all say the same thing, which is get out there, um, mm. go work, go spend your holiday um, doing vacation work at whatever company or firm that that's in your industry. It really, really, really puts you at an advantage. It's actually more important than oh, I was in this leadership, what, what? Because at the Mm. end of the day, in the working world, we don't care about your prefecture. We want to know what's your work experience.
0: Definitely. Are you employable? Can we put you in a position where you'll be able to work immediately? Do we need to worry about the fact that you don't know how to work with people? Do we have to worry about your EQ skills? Do we have to worry about you adapting in these agile work environments? So can you share with us when you were an intern, uh, what is it, a candidate attorney, what are some of the challenges you found yourself you know perhaps you know maybe a low light that you you know you probably struggled with and were able to combat and you know work with that um, you know later in your
1: internship Long hours long 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 hours mm, uh, yeah. so what happens in what happened in my internship is I had to go through rotations yeah. and one of the places I wrote, the first place I entered into was our litigation department. So those are the guys that work with advocates, yeah. right? Yo, I was there.
0: <laughs> you guys work, ne? not fun.
1: It's not fun. Wait, well, it's
0: not a nine fun. to five. What is it? When do you guys start working? When do you guys knock off?
1: It's, a, it's a, when the instruction comes to when the instruction ends. It's really not a nine to five. Oh, like no. no one exaggerates when they say that. Um, okay. Obviously, it's not like that all the time. Mm. But you need to be prepared to know that there will be nights. Mm. Every now and again, there will be nights where the night turns into day and you're still at the office.
0: No way. Um, and, all and you go Are you home. sleeping at the office? Is it possible for no, you to
1: be I don't sleep at the office. Even there was a time I once went oh. home at 4 a.m. I just went home just to shower, just to nap, and then I was back by 8, you know. Sure. So... Obviously, not all the time. Like anyone who says that's all the time is probably lying. But Mm. um, the work ethic is
0: important. The work ethic you need to have that work
1: ethic.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I might say that work ethic and a good attitude is more important than good Mm. academics. Yeah. Uh, That's another thing you find in the working world is you find that people who perform very well at school don't necessarily um, perform well in the working environment. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: And so work and work uh work ethic and attitude are so important they probably get you much further um they probably get you much further than being a, a buffoon on paper you know so yeah but your litigation was hard i remember i used to sometimes wake up on a saturday dreaming about work kind it's a saturday i thought it was wednesday or something that was not fun um that was not fun i don't miss it i would never yeah, go back yeah. So that's also why, when you said uh, when you think of lawyers, you think of people who argue in court. I kind of chuckled in my head because I was like, "That will never be me."
0: Yeah, I will uh,
1: be that guy. Those people, litigators, work hard. Shem, they work very hard.
0: But the pay, but, is, the pay doesn't substitute to the hard work.
1: <laughs> um, depending where you go, so yeah, and the better you do in whatever field you're in, mm-hmm. the higher the pay. You know what I mean? So, if you're a top litigator, if you're known, then more clients come to you because at the end of the day, we're a business. How do you make money by clients coming to you? Yeah um, yeah, so it's all about being the best in whatever field you're in, and of course, litigation as a legal field will have more people because yeah. lawyer, litigate, that is what people think of when they think of lawyers. But it's not for me, you know you have to be a very pedantic um, person. Hey, what's that important. word?
0: I'm just gonna repeat that word. Pande- 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 eh,
1: pandemic, pandemic, eh, pandemic. Don't make me. Don't make me. Pandemic. Don't
0: make me.
1: Hey, don't expose me. Hey, yeah, this, in, this English.
0: Some, <laughs> this English.
1: You have to be someone who looks at every little thing because yeah. another data
0: orientated, ne?
1: Suppose very painfully okay. so. Yeah. And as the intern. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is another hard truth about working, which you'll, which is true amongst all of us, no matter how much we post on Instagram pretending that we're very smart, yeah, and have have you white from suits. I'm talking even <laughs> yeah, your friends, like, even your yeah, friends yeah, who are yeah. doctors or how to else, get away with
0: murder, all of that. Mm.
1: You are starting out. You yeah. get the grant work when you are starting. What is grant out, work?
0: What is the grant work for someone who wants to be an intern? The, what is it? That's the
1: admin intensive work. So if I use the litigation example, you're not the one debating with the advocate about the perfect legal strategy to take in order to win your client's case. Where now you are the intern. So when everyone is done debating, yeah, you attend meetings and that's how you learn, of course. Okay. But where now the instructions that come to you will be, okay, need to collate a brief. Or we need to prepare our papers that are going to go before the court because everything that is going to be argued has to be written down in files and filed at court and served on your opponents you know what i mean that type yeah. of stuff who do you think is going to do that do you think your boss is going to do that no you're it's
0: the intern so you do the research and the all you of that The, the research, reading
1: All of that The reading The collations mm. The paginating These are a reality yeah,
0: yeah They
1: are an inescapable reality So if you think That you're going to graduate From university And already You are Alan Shaw From Boston Legal No That's mm. not how real life works <laughs> Okay mm. Anyone who tells you otherwise And they're posting pictures of them And this at the sentence sign With clients And telling you that They're normal
0: On LinkedIn <laughs>
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not to say that's all the work you get. Obviously, the longer you stay, the more yeah. complex, the more they involve you. But especially if you want to go to these bigger firms, think about it. You're part of a big team. So you're not going to be the big dog when, you've, when you're when you the intern. That's Definitely. life, right? But I just, and, for some reason, people seem surprised. They're like, why aren't I doing something more spectac- spectacular? Than yeah. This? It's like, yeah, guys, you, you just start just, from somewhere. Mm. Got to start from somewhere.
0: And be Um, humble. Humility as all, eh. Humility as humble.
1: And be humble. It's such an important personality trait. Yeah. But anyway, um, I think it may be different in the smaller firms. Let me tell you why. Because it's a smaller team, they might rely on you more. More. Right? Mm. But I can't speak to that because I haven't um, been exposed to that environment. But just from conversations I've had with my friends who work in more um, middle-tier firms and smaller firms, it seems that... You know, the, the, the upside of working in a smaller firm is you get more responsibility. That's what it seems to be, right? Mm. So anyway, so as an intern, you, you will do the groundwork, but as you're there longer and you have a good attitude and you work hard, yeah. they will then yeah. factor you in. Um, look, but it's, at the end of the day, it depends on your boss. I have colleagues at work who even when we were interns, they would come back and say, hey, my boss, uh, call them directors, my mm. director has said, "You're one of us. Get to drafting. We need this plea um, done by this date, um, and you're doing it." Mm. So it really does depend. It really yeah. does depend.
0: So can you share with us, Azola? So, so you go from candidate attorney, then you become what? What's the,
1: the progression, audience.
0: and what you need to do in terms of? I know there's board exams as well and internships and all of, all of that. Take yeah, us, us through take that quickly for, for our um, re- listeners to be able to understand.
1: So now you have to be a candidate attorney for two years, right? Meaning okay. you work as an intern for two years, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In those two years, you're also going to write your board exams, right? Okay. Which are, there are four board exams and you can write them in whatever combination you want so they are written twice a year in february and in august you can write all four in august or you can write three in august and then the next year in february write one or you can write two two you know what i mean you can do it in whatever combination Um, you have to pass them if you fail them then you have to write it again And I mean, it's not like university, like you can, you can, in theory, fail them for three years, but the end of the day, you must pass them. Pass them,
0: yeah.
1: Once you have passed them, you qualify, well, you obviously do some more paperwork, but you're admitted as an attorney, right? It's a process, but, and it's a tedious process, it's boring, but then you become admitted as an attorney, right? Now, what does that mean? it means that there you are able to represent clients. So now, as well, I still haven't been admitted as an attorney yet because I'm still doing the paperwork, which is tedious, the, as I So
0: the board exams, are you still in the board exams process or where you...
1: This is once after you've passed board exams. Okay. You now just got to file some papers, you know, your ID, your... Oh, so you passed the
0: board exams, everything.
1: Yes, no, that's done, that's done.
0: Just But, you know...
1: <laughs> yeah, like been around for a while. But... um. You know, all the people, now you got to do the paperwork and you're fit and proper and all these things. Become admitted attorney. Okay. So after you are finished being a candidate attorney, you become an associate, right? Mm -hmm. Now you are an employee. You are no longer an intern. You are an employee. You're at the bottom of the rung. You're an associate. After time, maybe a few years, you become like, let's say a senior associate. And from there, that just means you're more senior. You know what I mean? yeah um from there you become a director hopefully um which means now you run your own practice right and then eventually, when you're like seventy eight years old, they might make you a partner in the firm, which means you actually share in the firm's profits, you know what I mean mm-hmm. so a director still earns a salary um but in, to my understanding, if they make you partner then you're you have a stake in the actual company yeah. Let me just track back now um, to the very beginning because you can follow a slightly different path, right? In terms of you don't have to be a candidate attorney for two years. You can study at legal school for one year, right?
0: Which legal school? Is it a university or it's not a university? Universities
1: universities usually offer offer these things, these programs. Okay, yes. Um, But you study for six months, if I remember correctly. Okay. And then that six months of study is counted as one year of working. Okay, mm. like, that makes sense. Okay, and then you, and so then you only have to work another year after that because you do have to have that experience.
0: Yeah. So
1: in theory, you can study for six months and work for one year and pass all four of your board exams, and that's the same as working as a candidate twenty for two years and mm. passing all four of your. That's Incredible. the only difference.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing um, that, Azola. So, with you just sharing the timeline um, in the next five to ten years, perhaps when I scroll through your LinkedIn account, like I just did now, <laughs> to do my research, where is what is Azola doing?
1: What is he doing? Azola is in Hawaii sipping martinis.
0: Yes. I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I really don't know because I, as I said to you, um, I think I said it to you when we're just chatting on WhatsApp is that um I care about business. Did I say that to you or did I imagine myself saying it to you? You imagine either way. Oh uh, <laughs> well, I meant to say it is that I really care about business. Um so I would I would really like to use my corporate legal knowledge to also one day help myself um start something you know yes. um start something employ some people and then become a shareholder get paid some dividends yes. and relax and relax <laughs> on island That's, uh, the, whole the,
0: that's, that's the, the whole plan that's the
1: whole plan it's
0: the But you know what we have being in these, um, you know, amazing companies and, you know, working for such an amazing um, um, law firm that you work for, um, we need that for us to grow and to figure out who we are, to gain those skill sets. Then we can move on our own journey and do our own thing. Um, so, you know, I think those are what, perhaps maybe you can share with us, like one of the greatest lessons while we close this interview that you've learned so far, um, you know, as a working somebody
1: <laughs> um i think it's the thing that i told you earlier that work ethic and attitude gets you further than yeah. academics it really does um the thing that gets you the furthest is connections but you know like yeah our parents are teachers they're not going to connect us to anything you know what i'm saying
0: yeah the social so capital is not we need to be the social capital for our kids for
1: ourselves yeah yeah, yeah. and for our kids of course mm. um so social capital counts a lot, but if you don't have that, and yeah. what you bet must, you must build yourself as well by being involved in these things. Um, yeah. But definitely work ethic and, and the correct attitude. Oh. Uh, very important.
0: Thanks for that, Azola. And then last words you can give um, to an unemployed um, graduate sitting at home um, who's listening in and you know they're struggling to find a job. They feel discouraged and they see you and they go like, wow, this is where I really want to be, you know, one day. Um, what words of advice would you give them?
1: I apply, apply. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's unfortunately, it's it's perseverance. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, because at the end of the day, that's not in your control. All you can do is put together your CV, your record, and yes. put yourself out there. Unfortunately, because what else can you do besides put yourself out there and then mm. just persevere and keep calling and keep emailing? Um, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough um, times. Because, because as much as I'm fortunate enough to not have been in that situation, I have family members who have been in that situation, are in that situation, so I know it's tough. Um, but unfortunately, it's, it's perseverance and to keep putting yourself out there if you can afford it, it always helps to do one of these um, online courses. or yes. Perhaps, yeah, um, and get a certificate, but from a, a, from a place that's accredited, um, just to broaden. Once again, it goes to showing that you're not just your degree, you're, you're someone who goes a little bit extra than that, yeah. right? But the unfortunate thing with those things is they require money and not everyone can afford them. And you definitely don't want to take out an education loan for a short course or whatever. I mean, you don't want debt, you know? Yeah. So I understand that difficulty as well. It's very difficult. Um, those I are the think, complex
0: solutions. Yeah, I think it's what you said in at the beginning, that you need to put in the work early. You know, as soon as you get into university, jump right onto it and start being active, you know, being an active seeker from the get-go and not waiting till that last minute, unfortunately, you know. Um, but for those people about, in that
1: situation yeah. then unfortunately yeah.
0: yeah it is what it is yeah no no definitely thank you so much as i really really enjoyed this interview i think our listeners will really have some great insights um especially some of the experiences yeah during the experiences you've shared and stuff so um really really happy and i'm sure they can really utilize some of the, uh, you know um the inspiring stories you've told and um, really be inspired by your story thank you so much so to you.
1: Thank, thank, you. thank you
0: yeah bye and then for the listeners we're going to be doing the next episode next week so do stay tuned um, and look forward to that thank you for listening